speaks. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this, your man. Lord, thank you for the giftings that you've given him. And Lord, we pray now that you would speak through him. Lord, as he uh, comes to help unpack your word for us, Lord, would you give him the words to say? Would you inspire him? Would you speak through him? And Lord, would you open our ears and our hearts that we might hear what you have to tell us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, John. Hello. When you've got kids, everything becomes a big deal. When Ivy eats a carrot, we all go, hooray! I have to be honest. Guys, our response to Jesus is risen. It wasn't, hooray! Okay, I get excited about Ivy eating a piece of carrot. Guys, Jesus is alive. Okay, so if that means something to you today, when I say Jesus is risen, I want you to go, hooray! As if your own child has eaten a piece of carrot. Okay? Are you ready? Jesus is risen! No, no, no. The carrot has been eaten. Come on. Jesus is risen! Come on, guys. It says, great our rejoicing. Jesus is risen! Come on, guys. It's got to be more to us than that. More than my little girl eating a piece of carrot. Great our rejoicing. That's not what I'm talking about. I just, I just really felt that, that underwhelming response. Jesus is alive today. Hallelujah. Guys, let me let you into a bit of a secret. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to reveal my deepest secrets to you today. Okay, I hope you're prepared for that. But the first is that I almost didn't come this morning. Okay, I almost didn't come this morning. Let me tell you why. This morning we had our little uh, Easter egg hunt uh, for Ivy and Alex in our house. And Alex did it first, and he was amazing at it, and he did it really quickly, and then we turned our back, and he was on his bed eating his chocolate rabbit without our permission. <laughs> so we had to negotiate how far down the rabbit he was going to eat. Okay, so halfway down the ear, down to the eye, okay, not the whole head, okay, so that's for later. Um, but then it was Ivy's turn, and Alex just got really possessive of this Easter egg hunt, and he wanted to do it again, because he found it so exciting, he wouldn't let Ivy do it for herself. And I'm going to be honest with you now, guys. I lost my patience. I lost my patience. And I overreacted. I got annoyed and I got frustrated. And to be honest, I overreacted. And I got overly annoyed at him. And I don't know why. I just did. Maybe it's one of my weaknesses. But I felt, I felt so dreadful. I felt so dreadful. I felt really low about it. I don't know if it was a spiritual attack before this morning. I'm not sure. But I felt absolutely dreadful. And I actually got in the car and almost cried. I was just like, God, like, how, why did I overreact like that? Why did I get so annoyed and so impatient and so frustrated? And I was like, how can I come and lead worship and share your word this morning? You know, how can I do that? Well, guys, I can do that because I cling to Jesus. Okay, because I'm saved by grace. And I can come and I can serve God and I can know him because of what Jesus has done for me. So I stand here before you today, saved by grace. And I stand here this morning clinging to Jesus. That's the heart of the matter. I said sorry to the Lord. I said sorry to my boy. I said, do you forgive me? went like this. We had a little kiss and a cuddle. It was all good. But guys, we're covered by grace and I cling to Jesus. I can only live my life because I cling to Jesus. Otherwise, I'd be so overwhelmed by my guilt and my weaknesses. Martin Luther said, Our consciences cling to Christ and bring forth the fruit of life. I'll read that again because this is what I want to focus on this morning. 
Our consciences cling to Christ and bring forth the fruit of life. What do you cling to in your life? I love this image of clinging, this image of clinging to Christ. That word clinging ushers up that sense of desperation, doesn't it? That sense of I'm not going to let go. That sense of I'm going to hold on for dear life. Clinging onto Christ. But why on earth should we cling onto Christ? Because through his death and his resurrection, he and he alone has conquered all things. He has won salvation for us, and it is only through faith in him that we too can become more than conquerors. It's only through my faith in Jesus that I stand before you, having conquered my guilt and my sin this morning. It was just too much to bear. I don't know whether I've just been melodramatic. (laughs) But that's how it felt. And I can only live my life in freedom and joy because of what Jesus has done for us. So I'm going to cling to Jesus. By saying that Jesus conquered things, what exactly has he conquered? Can I ask you to turn, please, if you can, to Romans 5, verses 1 to 11. I found it really hard to prepare for this morning because there's so much that I could have said and I had this big long list of the things that that I feel that Jesus has conquered but I felt like I needed to narrow it down and focus on a few things so I felt that Romans 5, the start of Romans 5 was a really good place to to root and found what I shared this morning. Can I ask your forgiveness that I'm reading from the New uh, Living Translation which is the one that I use Uh, So apologies for that if it's slightly different. Um, But hopefully the message is the same. In fact, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll read from the screen so that we've all on the same translation and I may refer to my own translation uh, during my talk. So it says this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice, we rejoice, you notice that? We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice, hello, word again, in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Amen. So let's explore a little bit why... I cling to Christ, and why I'm going to encourage you to cling to Jesus today. Romans 5, 6 to 8 says that when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. 
Now, most people would be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. I love the phrase that when we were utterly helpless. There's incredible honesty in that phrase, isn't there? There's incredible vulnerability and desperation. Do we realize just how helpless we are? We're helpless because we're all sinful. We all do things wrong. We all say and do and think things that we shouldn't. We all fall short short of the glory of God. Paul says that Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. He says us sinners, not you sinners or those sinners. It's us sinners, no exceptions. We're all in this together, guys. We all do and say things that we shouldn't. And we all dishonor God. That are born out of selfishness, out of pride, out of weakness. We have a sinful nature. And a price has to be paid. A price has to be paid. God's supreme justice has to be satisfied. And that sacrifice was made by Jesus. And it was paid in full. Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, that price that had to be paid, that should have been me, has been paid. So I cling to Christ because I'm utterly helpless. It's only through him that I can know God fully and know his salvation. Guys, we need to realize that we all fall short. We need to realize that we're all sinful. We need to realize the consequences of our actions. Let me let you into another deeper secret of mine. I've always struggled with pornography. There you go. I've said it. Okay? It's out there. It's laid bare. It has been the thing that has taken hold of me since I was about 13 or 14. Forgive me if I well up, because it's been a real wrestle, okay? And uh, I remember uh, when I was like 14, I, was, I just gave my life to Christ, I got baptized. I was just wrestling with pornography. And I can see it in my mind's eye now. Going into my bedroom, having messed up, okay? Kneeling on my bed, on the side of my bed, in absolute floods of tears. Absolute devastation, because I'd let God down. I'd let him down so much. And I kept doing it and doing it and I couldn't stop it. And I just, I was just so overwhelmed by my guilt and my shame and my frustration. Jesus, through his death and resurrection, has overcome the power of that sin in my life. Amen? Amen. I'm free from the guilt that comes from that sin. And over time, I've, I've, I've come to realize that, that that sin doesn't have to take a hold on me. The guilt and the shame that I feel when I mess up, whatever it is, whether it's pornography or whatever, it doesn't have to bring me down. It doesn't have to be this weight that I carry around on my, on, like, a, like a noose around my neck. It doesn't have to be like that because Jesus has overcome the power of that sin in my life through the, through the cross and his resurrection. I don't have to live under the power of sin because Jesus has conquered that. What's it means by we live in freedom from sin? We, we, live, we, don't, we don't live in the freedom of sin in the sense we never sin. We live in the freedom of sin the consequences of our sin, and the power that it can have over our lives. So now I've kind of, I can understand more now that I'm just amazed by grace. I'm just amazed by grace. And I can overcome, I can live in freedom once I've overcome my initial guilt and anger and frustration at my own sinfulness. 
I'm drawn back to the cross. I'm drawn back to Jesus. And I can live in that freedom, that joy. Because I know that because what he's done for me, I've been forgiven. Guys, I really feel today there might be some in here who wrestle with guilt. Okay? Who, who are overcome by guilt because of their weaknesses and because of the things they say and do that are wrong. But guys, Jesus came to set you free from that. Okay? He doesn't want to, you to live under the power of that guilt. He set you free from the power of sin. Sin doesn't have any power over us anymore. Jesus has the power over us. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. It says in Romans 6 that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. The power of the Holy Spirit controls me now. The power of the Holy Spirit controls me now, not my sin. I've revealed an awful lot about me today. You must think I'm absolutely dreadful. I might have to resign my eldership. My conscience clings to Christ because he brings forth the fruit of life. I'm free from guilt. Do you know what? There needs to be a response in that. For me, as I realize the enormity of what Jesus has done for me, I I choose to live for God. I choose to live as best as I can for him, to live righteously as best as I can, to choose to live a life that glorifies God, as Jesus did. And it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that enables me and equips me to be able to do that, because I'm, I'm weak in myself. Martin Luther also wrote, God's grace and faith in it brings us freedom. As his spirit works within us, it becomes our desire, our pleasure, our joy to live a life that strives to please and honour God. We receive a heart of willingness and love in response to God's grace. Jesus lives, he's alive forevermore, and he lived for the glory of God. Now that I live through Jesus, and I live through Jesus, and he lives in me by his Spirit, I now too seek to live for the glory of God. I cling to Christ because he brings forth the fruit of life in me. I might mess up sometimes, but I'm striving my best. And I know that his Holy Spirit is helping me to do that. So firstly, I cling to Christ because he's overcome the power of sin in my life. Praise God. The second reason that I cling to Christ is because he's conquered the wages of my sin. The consequences of our wrongdoings. John Piper wrote this, In the past, once and for all, our sins were paid for by Christ himself. In the present, the death of Christ secures the power of God's spirit to save us progressively from the domination and contamination of sin. And in the future, it will be the blood of Christ poured out on the cross that protects us from the wrath of God and brings us to perfection and joy. In verse 10 of uh, Romans 5, it says that we're God's enemies. The wages of our sin are conflict with and separation from God. Enemies. Conflict between the majesty of God and the gravity, the weight of my sin. The things I say and do and think that are wrong, that that are displeasing to him. 
But our relationship with God has been restored through the death of Jesus and we're saved through his life. In verse 11 it says, So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Can you see the extreme from enemies to friends? Could you get such extremes? The ends of the spectrum And because we've been made right in God's sight, we now have peace with God in verse 1. Do you know, we're all going to face God's wrath. That is is a reality. That is a biblical truth. And that we're all deserving to experience the fullness of God's wrath. We don't talk about it very often, but we do. And we will. There will be a judgment day and we will all have to stand before him. And potentially we may experience... God's wrath and his anger for maybe that we have turned our backs on him. But we rejoice, don't we? That in Christ, in Jesus, in our faith in Jesus, our relationship with God has been restored. We're friends of God. We now have peace with God. And the wages of all our wrongdoing, that wrath and that anger have been directed onto Christ, onto the cross, and not onto me. Hallelujah. We should rejoice in this, guys. This is the source of incredible joy that we are friends with God. Do you know that for yourself? Do you live in the fullness of that joy? We live in continual celebration. John Stott, in his his book, The Cross of Christ, talks about living in a continual celebration because we've been forgiven and because we're friends of God. In the song, Boldly I Approach, by Wren Collective, it says, this is the art of celebration knowing we're free from condemnation. This is the art of celebration, knowing we're free from condemnation. And this isn't just a fleeting joy. This is a deep-rooted joy that remains with us every day. It's not just a fleeting happiness. It's not the happiness that I get when I'm playing golf. Well, actually, (laughs) that's rather frustrating when I play golf. (laughs) That was a really bad example. It's a deep-rooted joy that remains with us, that, that, that remains strong with us during the ups and downs of life. So great is our rejoicing. How great is your rejoicing? That's why I started with that. Guys, I want to challenge you today. We need more joy. We need to display joy in our lives as God's people because we are friends of God. Hallelujah. How incredible is that? We're avoiding God's wrath and his anger. That's a truth, that's a reality. How great our rejoicing should be. And I cling to Christ because now I can come into the very presence of God. Last summer we had our voice residential, as we do. We have a week away with our young people. And uh, on the Wednesday night, we always have a time. Uh, we, we have, during the week, we have a series of teaching, and, and we're singing our songs, and we're exploring what our songs mean, and uh, we're worshipping together, and it's really incredible. But by the time we get to the Wednesday night, we have to say, okay, so we're going to stop, and we're going to actually just allow the young people and ourselves to have some time to reflect, space to experience God, maybe, and to reflect on him, and maybe to respond to him. This is Wednesday night. It's like a bit of a tradition now. It's what we call moving night. In golf, they have a moving day where we have a moving night where we expect God to move by his spirit. 
and we move closer to him. And this uh, idea of boldly approaching the throne of God, I really experienced it in a new way. It was kind of weird, actually, because we were going around praying for our young people, and some incredible things were happening. I mean, God was moving in such incredible ways. But then the kids decided they wanted to come and pray for me, which was so humbling. And the Spirit of God moved in me. I kind of fell on the floor. I started shaking violently. I started crying. I started shouting. The kids were absolutely freaked out. I had to explain myself the next morning. (laughs) But in that moment, the reason why I was crying, and I remember it vividly, I was absolutely sobbing. And I wanted to escape because I felt, again, the weight of my sin. I just felt so unworthy. And I remember it. I was saying to God, no, no, God, no, I'm unworthy. I can't come to you. I'm unworthy. I'm unworthy. And I was saying that over and over again. And in that moment, I felt that Jesus say to me, and forgive me if that sounds a bit weird, but I felt it say to me, you can come to God because of me. Come in. Okay, Jesus said to me, come in. God said to me, come in. You can come to me. It was the most incredible experience. And so I was able to turn from my wrestling and my crying and my like, I'm not worthy. I'm worthy to like just a place of peace. And I just laid there just in this state of absolute joy and peace, just in the realization that I was in the very presence of God. And I could do that because of what Jesus has done for me on the cross and his resurrection because he's alive and Through Christ, I can approach the throne of God. I can approach that throne of grace with confidence. We couldn't do that before. Before Christ had had died on the cross and risen again. The curtain of the temple has been torn in two. We can enter into the most holiest of places. God's very presence. Without Christ, writes John Piper again, the holiness of God had to be protected from us. We would have been consumed because of our sin, but now because of Christ, we may come near and feast our hearts on the fullness of the flaming beauty of God's holiness. He will be honoured and we will stand in everlasting awe. It's a beautiful sentence, isn't it? I cling to Christ because the wages of my sin have been defeated. And I cling to Christ because it's only him that I can really know God. That I can really come into his presence. That I can know him in my life. Do you know the fullness of God's presence in your life? Are you clinging to Jesus? And thirdly, I cling to Christ because through him... I find the hope of salvation and the promise of eternal life. Verse 2 says, We can confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing in God's glory. And you know what? That hope, that hope of eternal life, that hope of my heavenly home to come, that I'm going to be with Christ and I'm going to be sharing in his glory, as it says here, it gives me strength, you know. It gives me strength to endure the ups and downs of life. Now, I know that that there are many of us uh, who are in hard places right now. We're in places of darkness. And uh, we experience it in different ways, don't we? 
that Jesus has overcome the hopelessness of life. So that in those times of suffering and trial and darkness, we can look forward with hope to sharing in God's glory. I have to be honest with you, another one of my secrets. Uh, This past year has been one of the hardest of my life. Many of you know that uh, one of my voice girls, Lizzie, took her own life last September. Hardest time of my life. And I'm sure you can all, uh, in your own ways, empathize with that, that sense of grief. But you know the thing that kept on coming back to me during that time? When people were saying, well, where is Lizzie's God? Where is Lizzie's Jesus? Hang on a minute. God's come through Jesus and he's done something about the darkness. So don't give me this, where is Jesus? I'm surrounded by darkness and grief and suffering, but God has done something about it. That's my God. God has sent Jesus into the world. The light of the world has come. So he's shone light into my darkness in those moments. So while I'm feeling weighed down, I'm feeling dark, and I'm feeling so upset and grief-stricken, I can know the light of Jesus in that darkness. I can hold on to the hope of a better and brighter future in sharing in his God's glory. I cling to Christ because he's the light of the world. Guys, those of you who are going through sufferings and dark times right now, cling to Christ. He's the light. He's the hope. And he will bring you through this time. We have that heavenly home to look forward to. And all this suffering and pain is going to be wiped away. Praise God that he chose to send Jesus. He chose to send the light into the world. Praise God. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Joy comes in the morning. Cling to Jesus, guys. Cling to Jesus. So I've talked a lot about us clinging to Jesus. But what about the other side of it? Well, that phrase, when we were utterly helpless, reminds us too that we are completely undeserving, aren't we? We are completely undeserving of God's love and his grace. Romans 5 verse 2 says that Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. We are in a place of undeserved privilege, aren't we? We're completely undeserving of God's love. And what has been achieved through Jesus' death and his resurrection, completely undeserving. And this is grace. This is grace, if you didn't already know it. This is the wonder of grace. The love, the kindness, the favour of God showered over us out of his own choice while we were still sinners, while we didn't deserve it. That's grace. Amazing grace. Incredible grace. And that's why I could come today and do my little talk. And I could come and play my piano and worship God with you because of God's grace. Couldn't have done it otherwise. Do you know, I actually, I've talked about (laughs) my impatience and my anger and my weakness with pornography, which I've never said before in front of people. Do you know, actually, I sometimes thank God for my weaknesses because it keeps me amazed by grace. I don't know if you've ever thought of that. But sometimes I thank God for them. 
Because it makes me realize that it's only because of what God has done for me through Christ that I can know him. It's all because of what he's done and not nothing that I've done. I'm just amazed by grace. Martin Luther, author, wrote, Grace is sufficient to enable us to be accounted entirely and completely righteous in God's sight. It takes us up completely into its embrace for the sake of Christ, our mediator and intercessor. The embrace of grace. So it's not only about us clinging on to Christ, it's about the fact that he is clinging on to us. That's what grace is. It's God clinging on to us. He's reaching out to us. He doesn't want to let us go. He doesn't want us to be lost in the darkness. He's, he's shone these lights. He wants to reach out to you and cling on to you and embrace you in his embrace of grace. So it's not just about us. It's not all down to us to, to cling on for dear life because he's holding on to us too. We are caught up in his embrace of grace. Are you living day by day in the embrace of grace? Do you know the embrace of grace? So just as we're striving to cling on to him, he's clinging on to us. Hallelujah. He's clinging on to us. He is holding on to us. He has made a way for us to know him. He has made a way for us to be safe from that condemnation that we deserved. He has made a way for us to know eternal life. It's because God chose to send Jesus just at the right time. It's because of his grace that we can be known as friends of God. The motto of Spurgeon's College, and I only know this because I spoke to Nigel Wright before I uh, gave you my little talk today, so it's nothing to do with me. It says, Etenio, Etenior. I think that's how you say it. Probably need a, a laurel wreath around my head when I said that. Which means, I both hold and am held. I both hold and am held. We cling on to Jesus because we know He's clinging on to us. Amen? Amen. The other day, uh, what I said about going hooray for the stupidest little things. Okay, there was a little ladybird in our house and everyone just went crazy. Okay. There was just like this little ladybird crawling on my hand and it was like the house just went mad. And Ivy had to run up and see this ladybird. I was at the top of the stairs, I was showing it to Alex and... uh, and Ivy just had to get a piece of the action. She just had to see this ladybird. And it was quite a special ladybird because it was black with red spots, which is like, whoa, there are ladybirds like that? It's quite incredible. And so anyway, so she was uh, running up uh, the stairs in, in her special way. And in the excitement, she proceeded to fall back down the stairs. And uh, I was pretty proud of myself, actually, I have to be saying. I kind of, my reactions were like lightning. I was like, man, I'm some kind of spy or something. I'm in the wrong profession here. And I reached out and grabbed her foot just as she was, uh, yeah, kind of going down the stairs. This was right at the top of the stairs as well. And so, but I was, I was conscious of the ladybird on my hand as well, and I didn't want to crush it. So I had my, my hand out here with the ladybird. I was like, it's okay, it's okay. And I had my, my child here. I was like, Hannah, Hannah, save the ladybird. No, no, save Ivy. I was clinging on to her. I was clinging on to her because I loved her so much. And I didn't want her to fall. Guys, Jesus is clinging on to you. He's reaching out for you because he doesn't want you to fall. He loves you. I clung on to Ivy because I loved her and I didn't want her to fall. I didn't want to hurt herself. And we had that embrace. She was a bit upset. I put the ladybird down safely. And we had a big hug. 
I clung on to her, she clung on to me. The embrace of grace. That's what it is. But guys, do you notice, finally, that as as all well and good all this is, as, as great as the head knowledge is about these things, do you notice the recurring theme in Romans 5? Romans 5, verse 1, it is only by faith in Jesus that we're made right in God's sight. Verse 2, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege. Jesus in John 6 says, those who believe in me will have eternal life. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Where is your faith? What are you clinging on to? It's only by faith in Jesus that we can know all these things. It's only by faith in Jesus that you can know the freedom from the power of sin, that you can uh, be, be uh, cleared of the wages of sin, that, that wrath, that condemnation. You can, it's only through Jesus and faith in him that you can know Jesus, uh, God as your friend, that we can have that new relationship with God. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? What are you clinging on to? I'm trying my best to cling on to Christ. And I want to encourage you this morning to cling on to Christ and allow him to cling on to you and know that embrace of grace. I really strongly feel that there are some people who are struggling with guilt in here. I want to say to you today, Jesus wants you to know the embrace of grace. You do not have to live under the burden of guilt because you've been set free from the power of sin. I believe there are some people in here who are clinging on to the wrong things. I don't know what it might be, and maybe you might want to reflect on that. Sometimes to cling on to something, you have to let go of something else. We can't, we can't be clinging on to something else and clinging on to Christ. That just doesn't work. We'd slip and we'd fall. You need to cling on to Christ wholly and fully. What are you clinging on to? What are you clinging on to? I wonder what it might be for you. Are you clinging on to worldly things? Maybe your status. Maybe your careers. Maybe your own families. Maybe things that make you feel secure. Things that make you feel secure. I wonder what you're clinging on to. Clinging on to things that just take up far too much of your time and your energy and your focus. When it's, You let go of Christ because you're too busy clinging on to that stuff. I wonder what you're clinging on to. So guys, it's only through faith in Jesus that we're saved. We need to put our trust in him. And where's the proof? Where's the proof? Well, this is what today's all about, isn't it? The proof of our salvation is the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. Amen? If you need proof any enough, Jesus has risen from the dead. So I'm clinging to Jesus. That's the choice that I've made in my life. The risen saviour, the light of the world, the king of kings. All authority has been given to him. Do you know, I went to a church on Good Friday. I was away in Skipton. I went to a church in Skipton. And uh, 
Scott and I, Scott joined us for a few days, and uh, Scott and I went, just took some time out to be still and to reflect on Good Friday. And the most bizarre thing, never done this before, but I had my Bible, and I was standing up, I had my Bible here, and I just started embracing it. I just felt an overwhelming love for my Bible. It's nice leather and everything, but, you know. And, and I started kissing it. It was really weird. I was like, I hope no one's watching. And I think it was like the feeling when I embrace my children, I smother them with kisses because I love them to bits. And, you know, we do it a lot, which is fab. And I felt I was doing the same thing to, to, to God, to Jesus. It was just like, God, I love you so much. And I was embracing God. And I was just like, I didn't want to let him go. Because I loved him so much. And Jesus, I just wanted to say to Jesus, I love you, Jesus, thank you. Do you know, I've probably said some things today that you know already. It's like water off a duck's back, probably, for some of you. But I really pray today that as you're reminded of these things, that as you cling on to Jesus, you will hold on. You will hold on ever more tightly. And that you'll remember that he is holding on to you. For some of you, I'm sure that you've heard these things before, but maybe you've let go. Or maybe you've loosened your grip. Maybe you've clung on to other things. My conscience clings to Christ because it brings forth the fruit of life. We find the fullness of life as we cling on to Jesus. So maybe you need to let go of some stuff today and you need to grab back on to him. And know his embrace of grace. For others, all this stuff may be completely new to you. And maybe you've never taken that step of clinging on to Jesus before. And maybe today might be the day that you say, yes. Yes, Jesus. You're reaching out for me. And I want to grab on. I want to grab on. I want to take hold of you, Jesus. Because God loves you. And he wants you to know him for himself. That's why he sent Jesus. So maybe there might be some of you who might want to respond even for the first time today to that incredible truth, that infinite love and grace for yourselves. Let's just take a moment just to pause, shall we? You might find it helpful to just close your eyes, maybe. I just want to give you that moment just to reflect on what we've heard, maybe things that have challenged you or stirred in you. Father God, we praise you for Jesus and we praise you that through him we are now your friends, God Almighty. But Lord, we have to take that step of faith in you, Jesus. We have to choose to cling on to you, knowing that you're clinging on to us, knowing your embrace, God. May we know your embrace today. Lord, Holy Spirit, come now. Work in our hearts and minds and just show us what it is you're saying to us today. Come now, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit.
Know the joy. Know the joy of grace again. Know the joy of grace. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us with your joy. Know the freedom from sin. Give to Jesus the things that you struggle with, the strings that you wrestle with, the things that you feel guilty about. Give them to Jesus and know his embrace again. Let go of the things that you're clinging on to in your life that have meant that you've loosened your grip on Jesus. Let go of those things. Maybe take that step of faith in grabbing hold of Jesus maybe for the first time. I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray a blessing over you. It's good to be responsive, you know. It's good to be responsive to to God. So if... I think I'm going to break this down into three categories, really. If you feel just the overwhelming joy and embrace of grace today, you know God's love for fresh, and you are clinging on, and you're grabbing hold, and you know you grabbed hold, and you just want to... Keep grabbing on. Then I'm going to ask you to respond. Maybe some of you have let go a bit. You've loosened your grip. You're clinging on to other things. You've forgotten. You're weighed down by guilt. You're weighed down by other things. And you've lost your grip. I'm going to ask you maybe to respond. And maybe if you want to grab on to Jesus for the first time. So this is everyone has got their eyes closed. And this is just so that I can pray a blessing over you. And so that we can be responsive to God because we we are in an active relationship with God and he wants us to be responsive people. If you're in that first category and you you know God's love and his joy and his embrace and you just want to recognize you want to keep holding on, just raise your hand where you are and I just want to pray that prayer of blessing over you. And this is, no one's looking. I just, I just, I just, this is not about me. It's just about you and God and it's just a recognition before God of this. Father, thank you for these people, and I just pray your blessing over them, that they would know the fullness of your joy in their life, and they would display that. Lord, I thank you that they know your love, and they know your grace, and I pray that they would hold on to you, Lord, and they would never let go, and that you would hold on to them. May they know the blessing of your love and your grace afresh this morning. Amen. Thank you. If you're in that category where... You maybe feel like you've let go a little bit and you want to cling back on. Just raise your hand for me so I can pray that blessing over you. Lord God Almighty, just thank you for these people. I praise you that you love every single one of them. That you love every single one of them. And Easter is about the fact that you came, Jesus, and that you want to reach out to them and you want them to cling on to you. You want them to grab hold of you. So I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would grab hold of them today and that by the power of your spirit, you'd help them to cling on to you, Lord. You'd help them to let go of the things that they're clinging on to 
that are preventing them from doing that fully and help them to fully cling on to you and that they too would know the joy and the freedom of life in you, Jesus. Just honour their honesty and their vulnerability and their desperation to cling on to you this morning, God. Honour that, Father, I pray. And just bless them, I ask. Amen. Thank you. And if if you've never clung on to Christ and you you maybe want to grab hold of him, maybe for the first time, you raise your hand for me. Thank you, Lord. God, we especially pray for those that we know who don't yet know your embrace of grace. Lord, I'm sure that we can all think of people who may be here, friends, family, colleagues, who we just long to know you, Jesus, for themselves. God, we ask that they too would come to know you, Jesus, that they would too would come to know your incredible love and your amazing grace for themselves. Jesus, you came to open the eyes of the blind. In your power, Lord, we ask that you would open their eyes so they can see you, Jesus. For your glory, just ask all these things. Amen. Thank you so much for that. I pray a blessing. Um, in response to what I've said, I'd just like us to, to sing a song. It's called More Than Conquerors. Because Jesus is the conqueror. And it's only because of him that we know life. We've done it once before. But I'm hoping this is a blessing to you today. So we're going to sing this together and then we'll finish within Christ alone. Okay.